Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 71. We are talking about David. David, one of the he is in favorites. That, yes, he's in that list. We only get his name in that list, but he is a big chunk of scripture. Yeah. This yeah, is not yeah, one yeah. where I'm going to say pause and come back because I'm afraid you might not come back because it's First Samuel chapter 16 all the way through Second Samuel into First Kings to yep. get all of David's story. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a lot of that's a that's a lot of story, a lot of life, and we're not going to be able to cover it yeah. in the time that we have allotted. Um, we have allotted here. Um, but we're, we're going to try to cover the highlights and yep. learn some lessons from his, uh, from his, uh, from his life. So uh, question for you, how can clothing choice uh, paint a person um, just one way, like in, in one particular way? Someone chooses to wear clothing, a certain type of clothing all the time, and you can easily paint them sure. in one way. Sure. I mean, that makes me think of when I was uh, teaching high school English and goths. That was when goths started yeah, up and yeah. the kids that were all black and black fingernails and and you did and dyed their hair black. You did make some assumptions make some about assumptions. what yep, they absolutely. valued, about what they absolutely um, even their personality might be like, fair or unfair. Yeah. Uh, it also makes me think of my daughters when they were little um, and they would say that Ariel and Jasmine were the bad princesses <laughs> because they sh- had their tummy showing. They mm. were, and so, and it was, you know, we talked about that, like, no, that doesn't make someone bad because they <laughs> choose to show their belly. We may not choose to right. wear clothing like that, but that exactly. doesn't, but they couldn't in their little concrete minds, like, oh, that made Ariel and Jasmine the bad Disney princesses Yeah, based yeah. on that one fashion choice. Yeah, and I again I I agree with um I agree with with everything, particularly the goth um the goth reference that it's it's easily easy to paint individuals in one way and then you look at them and and then they there's a whole nother side of them that is way different than what yeah. their clothing uh, portrays. And you find all, you find compassion and you find integrity, you find honesty, you find all of these f- like fun and laughter. And it's it really is dangerous for us to paint human beings in one way. Right. Um, we are complex people. Um, and I think the person we're talking about today, David, is a complex individual. Mm-hmm. Um, his his name, um, some scholars believe his name means beloved and favorite, and yet he does some things that are not so beloved and not so favorite mm-hmm. uh, or favorable. And so, um, so, so David's life is complex, just like all of our lives. And so, so let's talk. Let's have a conversation about. Um, King David yeah. and um, the way he begins. And, and and let's first fit him in the narrative of the Bible. Very good. So, because we, for the last several episodes, we've been talking about this period of the judges and yep. this cycle of disobedience and crying out to God that the, the Israelites were in. Well, um, the judges lead to, there are also prophets at this time that are speaking truth into them. The, and, and are kind of the religious leaders of of that time and the israelite people say 
we don't want judges anymore. Yep. We want a king. Yep. Everybody else has a king. Yep. Yep. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. If that does not sound like middle school, <laughs> that, that's where they were. We want to be like everybody else. We want a king. So God says, it's not what's best for you. I am your king. Right, right. Then he says, okay, all right, you, you have a king. Saul was the first king. And David um, becomes the second king of Israel. We're going to talk a little bit about a story before he becomes king, but that now in history of yep. Israel, that's where we are. So God accommodates again, yep. gives Israel a king, and the first king, Saul, um, he was good for a while, and then he um, he was unfaithful, and God in, ends up sending Samuel, a prophet, to anoint um, another king, a second king. And he goes to Jesse. Jesse is uh, David's father. Um, Jesse had a, no a number of other sons. And so once he gets there, he, um, he um, asked Jesse, hey, bring all of your sons. And so the first son was Eliab. And Eliab was, um, was a handsome guy, kind of like Saul, uh, big and, and probably really strong. And he looked like he a looked, king. Yes, he, he looked, looked the, the part. part. And, uh, and, and yet God says, I've not chosen him. Yep. I've, I've not. And, and I think, I think it's a warning to Samuel because Samuel probably, again, thought that this is the way God always works. Mm. And God says, okay, I'm going to do something a little different. And, um, and all of Jesse's sons pass before Samuel and God doesn't, select any of them. And then ultimately, uh, well, before that, um, God says something to Samuel to show him that he's working differently. Mm -hmm. And what does he say to him in yeah. seven, verse seven? Yes, uh, in First Samuel. Samuel 16, verse seven, um, God says, the Lord doesn't look at the things that man looks at. Yeah. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Samuel yeah. had been looking at the outward appearance, like, hey, Absolutely. this guy fits the part, as we said. Um, but that's not what God was looking for. Yeah. And so they bring David in from the fields and, and he says, he's the guy. David is, and well, he's the guy, but he's he doesn't the, look like the guy. He's the littlest brother. Yes. He, I mean, I feel kind of sad for him when his dad <laughs> said, I mean, initially this is supposed to be all the brothers and, oh wait, yeah. And yeah, David, there's somebody, there's, we, we do have one more. He's out in the field. He, yeah. Bring him, bring him in too. So. But he is the one, and it's not based on his outward appearance. It is his heart. And He's that, the Neo of Israel. He's the one. Yes. The Matrix. That's a Matrix reference. It, it went over my head. Okay, I'm sorry. But thank you for explaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a listeners got it, okay. and you explained it. So he is the one. Yes. And, and David, uh, 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 Samuel anoints David. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he is anointed king. And it, it is... He's anointed king, but he doesn't become king right away. Right. So. The next key event, again, we can't hit on all of them in David's life, but one that it, it is in the next chapter of 17, and one it is probably the most famous story. Yeah. Um, sports fans, if they don't know the Bible, <laughs> maybe they don't really, the Goliath image, people know yeah. what that means. The yeah, David yeah. and Goliath, you hear that a lot. Right. Uh, here we see some of that heart come through and what David's heart is for and what he prioritizes. Um, the Israelite people are battling the Philistines, but instead of the armies battling each other, Goliath says, me. 
He's this giant. He says, I'll just fight. Bring out one, one of your warriors to fight me. We'll take care of it just between the two of us. And nobody. They're afraid. They are totally afraid. Yeah. David comes to visit the battlefield, check in with his brothers. And a couple things we see about David's character. Um, in verse 26, David sees that God is being defied. Yeah. And yeah. he will not stand for that. Like yeah. he yeah. won. Um, he recognizes this battle is not just two armies. This is not just over land. This is about God's authority and respect. And he raises the level to yeah. a whole nother level. Uh, and he's like, God, God cannot be defied. We cannot let this happen. That was what David's heart was for, was yeah, defending yeah. God's honor. Yeah. And, and again, they, you know, uh, King Saul at the point said, you know, there's no way you can beat this guy. This guy, you know, you're, you know, you're a little kid. And he, um, he actually, Saul tries to put his armor on him. David takes it off and say, listen, I killed a bear, killed a lion. And who is this, this, this Philistine? I'll, I'll, you know, God is going to give me, give him into my hands. And he defeats him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and at that point, his, his, um, his reputation begins to grow, mm -hmm. um, and David is David is a musician, and he is he is known for the battles that he goes on to win so many military victories, and so there's this sense where David's um, David's reputation again, his power is growing, and and that's that becomes a problem. It does, and one thing I want to note about that though. I mean, it would be a mistake if we looked at that David and Goliath story and we're like, wow, David was so brave. We should be brave like David. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't that David was so brave in and of himself. Yeah. He recognized, like, as, as I said, that he saw that God was being defied. He runs to the battlefield, it says, which I... Like that is about the opposite yeah. of the action. <laughs> but he is running to the battle line because he has full confidence in God. Yeah, it's good. not his strength. That's it's really not, good. I've got this. He is, has full confidence in God and he is ready to defend his honor. And that's his heart yeah, yeah, that we see yeah, him yeah. honored for. Yeah, that's a that's a good point and and should not be lost in in all of this, all of these victories, all of these um, these exploits, again empowered by God, mm -hmm. and um, because He, God anointed him, God chose him, and God uh, God empowered him. So yeah. He is really walking in the strength. And as of God. you said, we see His reputation growing, and He's having these military, well, these successes, but kings. The king is Saul. Yeah. And yeah. Saul is not very happy about this yeah. little punk who's getting all of the attention all of a sudden. And the victory parades, they're cheering more for him, yeah. for David, than they are for Saul. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Mm -hmm. And they're dancing and they're, you know, his he's gone viral. And like literally everybody is talking about David at this point. Saul becomes jealous. And at one point, he got so jealously angry, he throws a spear at David mm -hmm. and ultimately puts David on the run. Yes. And David is a fugitive now at this point because of the jealousy and the anger of King Saul. And again, we're going to pause and see something that was true about David's heart. So yeah. he has, while he's on the run, he, and 
and Saul is intent on killing him, there is no doubt. Like this is not, hey, we can work this out, buddy. No, he wants his life. And David has the opportunity to take Saul's life yeah. and doesn't. Like even David's guys with him are like, hey, now's your chance. Yeah. You yeah. can do this. That's right. You can take him out. And David doesn't. He chose he chose not to. He saw him, he saw Saul in the cave using a bathroom. Um, and that's really what he was doing. He it's came true. up the behind kids, him. The kids love that story. <laughs> <laughs> he came up behind Saul, um, and this shows his military prowess that he was um, he was undetected. And he takes a knife. He cuts off the edge of um, the edge of Saul's robe, probably this little tassel, uh, which was uh, kind of symbolic of his authority and his kingship. And even when he cuts it off, he had an opportunity to kill him, mm -hmm. but he he's stricken in his conscience even then and um, and said, you know, if I did something to God's anointed king, then I would suffer the consequences. And so so even even when he could have gotten revenge, um, he chose not to be cut out of honor and respect. Uh, for the authority of God, who, yeah. who at this point, Saul is still king. He is still under the authority of God. And David says, even though I have been anointed king, I am going to wait until God appoints me as king. And I think that is uh, another lesson for us. Sometimes, um, yeah, we might want to get revenge, but recognizing that God is the one who is the one who gets the vengeance or gets the revenge back, and we're to wait on God mm -hmm. in moments like that. And mm -hmm. so we 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 can um, we can respect David for his decision here, mm -hmm. and we see his heart, we see his humility yep. uh, in this uh, in this moment. Yeah, and and we see that that's in First Samuel twenty four, yeah. specifically verse six, is where he has that statement of recognizing God's sovereignty, yeah. His timing. I'm going to wait. Until, yeah. until God positions him as king. Okay, so we've said he's complex. <laughs> and yes, we have spoken of some of his positive qualities, those that his heart, his commitment to the Lord, his recognition of God's sovereignty. And then we come to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Yeah, well, prior to that time, okay. he does become king. Yes. He does become king. And he is one of the only kings. He's kind of an ideal king because he unifies um, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, and he becomes king over uh, over both all of Israel. Uh, all yeah. of Israel. And um, but but he has a he has flaws. He does. Um, you know, you mentioned First Samuel chapter second second Samuel, Samuel chapter eleven chapter eleven. He should be off to war. Mm -hmm. He's not. He goes to the rooftop and he sees uh, Bathsheba bathing and he sends for her mm -hmm. and he commits adultery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking advantage, using his power, um, power as yep. king, he gets what he wants. And uh, this has serious consequences. Absolutely. That really for generations. Yeah. Um, now... And, and then it, it can be hard to stomach, like, okay, so he completely took advantage of this woman. I mean, murders her husband. We need Absolutely. Murders her husband to try to cover up um, what he did so that he could marry her, but murders her husband, 
the the child passes does dies dies. Yep. Uh, and now we're like, okay, and this is a man after, a man after God's God. Yeah, heart? yeah, absolutely. It, you so, you don't you don't you wouldn't put him in that category because because of this mm-hmm. and um and yet the reality is he, he is a man of after God's own heart. So why would we say that? Why yeah. can we say he's a man after God's own heart, even though we see this part of him? And here's here's how I I, I think we can say that because we see him. Yes, have a huge um, moral failing, m- multiple, and even in just this one incident, we we could also talk about he had some parenting, some yeah, yeah. Uh, passive parenting issues later on as well that caused all kinds of consequence. But he he experienced he he is quick to confess when it is brought to his attention by Nathan. Um, when he recognizes his sin, he confesses it. He experiences God's forgiveness yeah. along with the consequences of his sin. Yeah, yeah. And and that is what we see. It. I. I would encourage you to take time to read David's story in a chronological Bible because when it um, not only does it overlap the the Kings and Samuel, which in Chronicles, which can get kind of confusing. But also when you see the Psalms that David wrote in response around these different circumstances, that is really when you see his heart. And we see in the Psalms, his honesty in his relationship with God. I mean, he lays it all out, whether it it is in this circumstance of deep remorse, regret, and turning from his sin. Um, We see him lament. We see him angry. We see him praise God. We see him confess all of it, all of it. David puts all of it before God. He, and, and that I think is why he is a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I, again, you, you mentioned the Psalms and you mentioned the Psalms kind of connected to some of the stories in um in first and second Samuel, um the story of the um the adultery or uh, we can dare say rape, he used his mm-hmm. power, uh the murder, you would find his response to that in Psalm 51 and Psalm 32, where he pours out his heart. Um, he is crying out for mercy. He recognizes that what he's done, it deserves the wrath of God, and yet he cries out for mercy. Uh, he cries out for God's grace. He says, hey, I, I, I want to live a different life, and and in a sense, I'll accept the consequences. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Yeah. Renew a right spirit within me. So so it, it really is from this place of not just um, I'm guilty because I got caught, no, I'm. I did get caught, but now I am like I am broken over what I've done. God has given me all of this favor, and yet I've I've misused it. And He goes uh, with those particular those two psalms. And I would I would take time to read those two psalms in light of mm-hmm. um, His um, His relationship with Bathsheba and the murder of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And it will get just, it will shed light on his heart, Mm -hmm. his humility, his chasing after God, his confession, his repentance. Mm -hmm. Confession is one thing, it's like, I'm saying this is what I've done wrong. Repentance is I'm changing Mm -hmm. the way I'm living. And so, um, uh, but not just those two Psalms, literally, as you mentioned. Yeah. Every uh, almost every other psalm that David David wrote, it was in connection with, I'm angry, 
and but yet I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, God, why are my enemies, you know, are you know coming against me? I'm going to trust in you. Mm-hmm. And so there's this sense where um, his his he lays his heart bare before God, and I think that, as you mentioned, we can we can say because of his faith and his worship and his humility and his trust and his belief that he truly uh, was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. At the beginning of this season, we talked about believe and this belief is not a one-off. Yeah. Like these are not, okay, I trust in God, check. It is an ongoing moment by moment believing in God and that authenticity we see in David in the highs and the lows and his mistakes in being wronged. Like we do, David is one of those people that we get a lot of insight into. Um, and as we said, it is his heart and his, that authenticity that he had before God is why he could be, could be described as a man after God's own heart. Um, yeah. X says he served God's purpose in his generation. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is to be admired. We can learn so much from him as we see how he trusted in God and yeah. and related with him. Well, and, and and you know the cherry on top is um, is he in a sense had to be a man after God's own heart because it was God who said that um, the royal Messiah would come through David's line. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there would be a new David. Mm-hmm. Um, and that person would sit on the uh, David's throne forever. And we know that person to be none other than Jesus. And so um, we see all of the complexity of David's life. We see all the flaws and foibles and the good part. Um, and we, we recognize God says, I am going to bring my son. I am going to bring Messiah through his lineage, uh, the lineage of an adulterer, a rapist, a lineage of a murderer. And um, and that does give hope for all of us that yeah. Messiah came, Jesus came for the Davids and the Marvins and the Carolins and the BTs and the Bens and literally every single person that has a sorted background and... Um, and we see Messiah show up through David's line. And mm-hmm. I think that gives hope for all of us. We could keep talking about David for a long time <laughs> and all that we could learn from him, but let we need to wrap it up. Yep. So what final nugget, what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from the life of David? Man, his faith? it's so, it's so much that I think I, you know, God loves our complexity. He made us, he created us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we are not just, we are not split into, well, we are, um, we, we are not just one kind of person. There are times we do stupid things and we do smart things. And yet God says, um, in all of your complexity, I'm going to love you and I'm going to use you. And, um, and I love that about God, that he takes all of our complexity yeah. and he says, I love you and I'm going to use you. Yep. And we for sure see that God saw and knew David, um, and David recognized God's authority. Like he did have some, I mean, he could put together a pretty cool resume of all of his accomplishments. And yet over and over and over, we see him returning to that, amidst his mistakes, returning to that, that it's God who's the one who's at work. And 
I do love and am challenged by his authenticity we see in the Psalms. Mm. Um, David wasn't afraid to hide anything from God. He says some cr- pretty crazy things, really, <laughs> to God. Like, whoa. And yet he knew that he was safe to do that. Um, and I love that relationship that they that David clearly had with God and how and how God used him to affect all of history. Yeah. So Thank you, friends. Encourage you, explore David more. There's so, so much that you could continue to learn. Um, Thank you for joining us and enjoy a spiritual conversation with a friend this week. 